Hello and welcome to the You Smart Tourism podcast. I am Misa from the European Commission and today I have some exciting news to share with you. Smart gets you further. The EU has just launched the 2024 European Capital and Green Pioneer of Smart Tourism competition and there are some big changes you need to know about. Before we get into that, a quick recap on what the Smart Tourism competition is all about. As you know, tourism is a huge industry for us in Europe with endless opportunities for business and for people but also with challenges which we normally discuss in this podcast. So that's why the Commission has the competition going, because we want to discover, to support and to reward those cities that are leading the way in smart and sustainable tourism. The European Commission is a big institution, but in tourism, we're only a small team. And so it is very likely that we do not know you and your city and we do not know what you do. If we don't know you, we can't hear from you, we can't listen to you. So this competition helps us to put you on our radar. Therefore, if you want to make yourselves known to us in Brussels at the European Commission level, please apply. Now, it remains a competition and this is what's new with it this year. Unlike previous editions, there will be only one winner of the European Capital of Smart Tourism 2024 title. That means the competition will be tougher than ever. So you should bring your A-game if you want to win. But there's also another title up for grabs, and that is the European Green Pioneer of Smart Tourism 2024. This is a new competition which replaces the Eden Award, and it is aimed at smaller cities with a population between 20,000 and 100,000 people. So if you're a small city with a big vision for sustainability, this is your chance to shine. Entering the competition is simple. You just want to fill out an online form which shows us how your city is innovative and smart in tourism. So it is simple, but not so easy. On our website, you will find a lot of information about it, guidelines and best practices to help you present your application in the best possible way. Because a panel of experts will review that application and will shortlist the best candidates. And then you'll have to pitch your city in front of a European jury who will pick the winners. This is only for those cities which get shortlisted. The winners will be announced in late 2023, normally in winter. And they will receive a bunch of benefits, such as promotion at EU level and international level, networking opportunities as well. Deadline for this application is July 5th, 2023. So you have about a couple of months. Don't miss this opportunity to showcase your city to Europe and beyond. And you can find all the details on our website, www.smarttourismcapital.eu. This was for the intro to our episode of the podcast today. This podcast is another great resource that you can use, by the way, if you want to apply, because today we will get a bit of an overture, let's say, to the applications. But if you want to learn about what other cities have done that got them the title or that got them a place on the shortlist and therefore in the network of the winners, then why don't you listen to all of the other episodes and take inspirations from that? There's a lot of good material there, so... Take a look, listen up and uh, see what others have done before you. Now, this is the fifth edition of the European Capital Smart Tourism Competition. And we're very proud that our previous winners have done amazing things in the field and keep doing them. And so we went back to some of them to check in with them. Our first guest today comes to us from the city of Kran in Slovenia. Uh, my name is Janusz Czerny. I'm the deputy mayor of the city of Kran. Kran is the 2023 winner of the Eden Award, which, like I said, has now been replaced by the European Green Pioneer of Smart Tourism Award. 
Kran is the third largest Slovenian city. It's relatively small in European sense, but uh, like I said, it's the third largest Slovenian city with a population of uh, 60,000 inhabitants. We have uh, at least 6,000 years of uh, history. But nowadays it's known as the city with many outstanding achievements regarding sustainable topics and digitalization. If you don't know Kran just yet, here's how you could imagine it. Our slogan is that Kran is destination with alpine air and city flair. We're at the gateway to Gorinska region, which is the most touristy uh, region in Slovenia. Kran stands on a rock uh, between two rivers and is surrounded by the Slovenian Alps, which are the highest European mountains. The old town is very charming, full of uh, beautiful historic buildings and a castle, and it is protected uh, as a cultural uh, monument. Kran's approach to developing sustainable tourism was to start by working with its own residents and improve sustainable living. Basically, we saw that Slovenia and Kran in particular will not be able to compete with mass tourist destinations uh, such as Blit or Ljubljana, for example, uh, in Slovenia or maybe some Austrian uh, resorts. So in order to develop sustainable tourism, we needed to make action for sustainable living. And the first step was... uh, creating uh, strategies and new habits for inhabitants to become more sustainable. And as we all know, the biggest hurdle perhaps would be to change people's uh, minds. The city has introduced a host of initiatives for local residents, planting trees, installing solar panels on public buildings, introducing electric cars and car-sharing services within the public sector, introducing school competitions promoting sustainability and a lot more. Another aspect was encouraging the private sector and the tourism industry in particular to adopt a unified green standard. What we're trying to do is to encourage them with uh, giving them green certificates And we also created the Green Team, which is uh, made out of uh, members from different local institutions. And it's uh, dedicated to lowering the city's carbon footprint. And this team collects data, formulates concrete measures towards the implementation. And they're working very closely with local businesses and the tourism industry representative to achieve these uh, green goals. Kran's efforts to establish itself as a sustainable tourism destination have actually started a while back and clearly have been making steady progress ever since. About 15 years ago... Kran took part uh, in the Eden competition for the first time, but it was a, a bit of different kind of format. It was national-based, so we came top three within Slovenian uh, destinations. But uh, this time, in 2022, uh, there was an invitation to join the Eden competition, and it came really at the perfect time. We had uh, put a lot of effort for the last three to four years regarding sustainability and the results of the implementation of uh, all sustainable strategies, projects and practices could already be seen at that period. When we were regarding the call for application, 
we really felt it was uh, written for us. So it was really quite uh, something that uh, we felt strongly about and uh, we had a strong sense that uh, we could win. So we connected with uh, our tourism and culture board and we started to work hand in hand uh, to try and win uh, this award. Receiving the award has opened up a lot of new opportunities for Kran to better establish itself as a recognized spot for sustainable tourism. From the get-go, we knew that we really don't want to be or will ever become a mass tourist uh, destination. But we're also a gateway for uh, the Slovenian Alps, for Gorenska region. And uh, that's what we really wanted to achieve. And after receiving the award, we've been recognized in articles uh, by renowned European media Uh, also in the UK, such as The Guardian and The Times, uh, as they placed us among the destinations uh, worth visiting in 2023. The Eden title also brought us the opportunity to promote Kran at the biggest tourism fair in the world, the ITB in Berlin, and we've been constantly receiving invitations to present uh, our efforts at different events, conferences and workshops as well as uh, invitations from different cities to connect and uh, share our experience. So it's been quite a ride so far and only four months uh, of the year have uh, passed. So we're really looking forward to, to the second part of, uh, of the year. Our next guest is Nassos Adzigeogiu, who is the executive manager of the Paphos Regional Board of Tourism in Cyprus. Paphos is the 2023 winner of the European Capital of Smart Tourism Award, together, as you may remember, with Sevilla. Our city, the capital of Cyprus in Roman times, the European capital of culture in 2017, and the European capital of Smart Tourism 2023 is internationally known as a holiday destination, one of the most beautiful, diverse, and historically rich areas of Cyprus. The whole city is included in the UNESCO World Heritage List, As it decreased Okran, Paphos's journey to develop itself as a smart tourism destination started a while back. The destination, since 2016, was implementing several initiatives mainly towards creative tourism, sustainability and digitalization. Then, with our involvement in several interact programs, we came across the initiative of the EU Capital of Smart Tools. The municipality of Paphos has also incorporated in its strategy initiatives towards digitalization and sustainability since 2018. We have formed a small technical committee to initially examine the chances of applying and winning the title. Our first output on this exercise was that we felt there was a good case for Paphos. Like many other destinations that we have talked to, a major challenge is to get everyone in your city on board to accept change. The biggest challenge was to change the way we think. People by nature is resistant to change. It was, and it is still today, very difficult to convince people, especially elder people, about the need to deploy technology, need to change the way we do things, etc. Due to the nature of the aspects of the smart capital, several government organizations and local authorities are involved. Thus, bureaucracy is a barrier that we are working to resolve. And apart from the actual hard work, here's some specific practical advice regarding the competition itself. Change the way you think and doing things. Set a plan, secure resources, and get the commitment of all involved parties. Implement several projects and then apply for the title. 
present your case with enthusiasm. Our final guest today comes from Valencia, winner of the 2022 title. My name is Juan Carlos Cambrils, and I'm the deputy of Visit Valencia Foundation. Joan has been a guest on the podcast before, on the first episode, in fact. So we wanted to check in with him now that we have the perspective of time and reflect on what happened since Valencia won the award. The first thing we wanted to look at is the impact that winning the competition has had on the city. This award has been a, a great joy you know, for the public sector, for the private sector related to tourism in the city. It has been a, a sign of institutional confidence in our model. It has been really a good stimulus to continue in this way, and it still continues being a great responsibility. The award has helped to elevate Valencia's brand, introduce networking opportunities, as well as media exposure. The city has attracted the attention of events, companies, academia, from different disciplines, not just from the tourism field. It has been a very positive impact in, in terms of city brand uh, position. We have had the opportunity to participate in more than 25 conferences, speeches, uh, lectures in different countries and forums, online and offline. It has been published more than 350 articles, news, in many international media. Interestingly, Valencia has recently become a good example for best practices in the field, not just in Europe, but also in Latin America. Because of our historical relations with those countries, uh, Valencia is considered as a good case study, as a good practice city. And just 10 days ago, we were participating in a national meeting of uh, smart destinations in Chile, or for example, in the coming month of August, we're participating in another conference on smart tourism in uh, northwest of Argentina. The one thing that made Valencia such an inspiring example of a smart tourism destination was the way it managed to create a form of collaboration that works for everyone involved. I have had the opportunity to have many conversations and, and I did many conferences with different types of publics. European academic, travel agencies, just people interested in Valencia. So what uh, we learn from these speeches and dialogues is that people are especially interested in our governance model. I mean, the level of conversation, the level of consensus that we have achieved with companies, with elected members of the uh, city hall, conversation with locals in different uh, forums and uh, workshops, that is something uh, that people highlight, you know, and achieving that is not easy. Here's how the Valencia model looks like in practice. We, we have organized this public-public and public-private uh, collaboration in three uh, levels. On one side, we have the conversation with companies. So in Visit Valencia Foundation, we have gone from 300 private partners to nearly 500 private companies that pay a fee and uh, they want to be part of the Visit Valencia Foundation because we allow them to 
decide to advise about the annual marketing plan in each tourism product program that we have designed inside the foundation. For example, we have the gastronomic tourism program or the cultural entertainment tourism program. In all these programs, we allocate different companies that uh, work with us in preparing the best marketing plan for each year. On the other hand, we have the collaboration with the national administration, the regional administration, and the provincial administration. And all these institutions or all these levels of governance have the same goal, to promote Valencia as a tourism destination. And the third side is the conversation with citizens. So the city hall decided to create about three years ago a tourism council, a tourism forum where about 70 people belonging to trade unions, to the neighborhoods, to environmental organizations, to different universities of the city. You meet there the different tourism companies. All these representatives hold meetings two, three times a year to discuss about the tourism activity, you know, about the impacts, the positive impacts and the negative impacts. All of it comes down to something we have talked about in this podcast many times before, if not in every episode. The key to success is developing an inclusive approach and creating forums and opportunities for collaboration. But this, we can all agree, is much easier said than done and requires a lot of effort and compromise. The key is to have a good conversation, good relationships with the different stakeholders in the city. It's the same in a family, in a soccer club or in a couple. I mean, if you have a good conversation, it's easier to solve problems. I know that this is a very frequent recommendation from consultants and academics, but, but it's not easy no, to, to maintain that good level of conversation with people that have uh, maybe uh, different visions. You must understand that it implies to give up sovereignty, you know? You become less autonomous, but really you, you advance with a more focused model, you no? Know? With a understanding the others. I think this is the key for moving on to a new model of governance. And I think this nicely wraps it up for today. Just another reminder that the application deadline is the 5th of July. Don't forget to check out the resources on our website, including guidelines, best practices and tips for applying and much more that we are preparing right now and will publish to support prospective applicants. Thanks again for listening and see you in the next episode. Smart gets you further.